This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Dave McCann. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, February 4th. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with a guy who looks pretty good in formal wear uh, after uh, sleeping outside last night in the uh, tent city. Yeah, and that Dave blue McCann. one. It's invigorating out there. <laughs> Let me tell you, um, BYU fans are something else. And, uh, and, and In what way, Dave? They're still all out there, <laughs> and they're still, you know, a lot of them are, you know, they've got little things like there's a representative in there representing four others, and then they change out. Look at this. Yep, hey, look at this. They, uh, they're awesome. ready for the game. Tomorrow night, despite what happened last night or the last week and a half, yeah. that's what that's what fans do, and and more power to them. They yeah. might all be in the hospital on Monday, but <laughs> right, they still got a cold uh, cold night to go through. Yeah, you games, got a luncheon coming up or tomorrow. something? You hosting something? I got blue, and I thought I'd go with a blue and white nice. check. It almost looks too nice. Not all of us have a hockey jersey for the last home hockey game. Last home hockey games tonight and tomorrow for BYU hockey. An early rising shout-out. We'll talk about it. So it, They were so cool. A couple years ago, Ven and I dropped the puck at a game, and they gave me a jersey. It was so nice. awesome. It's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like the most oversized thing I own. So <laughs> As it should be. This is technically a sweater. That's how they uh, refer to it, which no is kidding. pretty awesome. All right. Uh, fun fact, BYU Hockey uh, had a couple games on BYU TV in 09 and 10. No kidding. I called those games. Uh, that's the only thing I can hold over Gregor Bell's head is that I've called hockey and he hasn't. Miracle on the can- Ice. The Canadian. It was the Miracle on Ice part two. It, yeah. Uh, fun fact, no one explained uh, any of the overtime rules. I thought it was five like the <laughs> NHL. It was four. BYU made a shot and they all came out. And I was like, and BYU wins. Because yeah. I thought another guy was rolling out there. Somehow we all managed to get through that together. We did. Okay, yeah. here's the show lineup. Uh, it's, a, it's a heavy one, but let's do this together. What the heck happened to BYU Hoops in the last eight days? What happened? We discuss our biggest concerns. Steve Cleveland is going to talk some sense into us. He'll join us in studio to discuss the situation. 70th birthday for yeah. Cleveland today. He's celebrating his birthday with us. And he's smart, and uh, he'll be able to walk a lot of people through some very difficult hours. He's been through a few of these, And if the team's listening, they'll probably benefit as well. Yep. Yoli Childs goes off in the G League, and uh, Preston Hadley says BYU football won't chase star ratings in recruiting. Will that change when BYU's in the Big 12? But first, a plethora of headlines. Cougars lose their third straight game, falling to San Francisco last night, 73-59. to Alex Barcelo, 25 points. Tough test tomorrow. BYU host number two, Gonzaga. You can listen to that game on BYU Radio at 10 Eastern time. Whew. Yeah. Cougars are now officially on the bubble as the eighth team in. Still in the bracket. Those of you that think BYU's out, they're not. Not yet. Uh, according to ESPN's Joe Lenardi, if the Cougars don't upset number two, Gonzaga, tomorrow night, Probably out on Sunday. We're barely in. So we'll see. Let's go. 16th ranked women's basketball team. They suffered their first loss in conference play last night. Just their second loss all season. 75-64 at Portland, which is pretty good. Uh, Shaley Gonzalez had 16 points in the loss. BYU travels to first place Gonzaga to face the Bulldogs at 5 Eastern time. That's a big one tomorrow as well. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, But, hey, maybe they built from that and got woken up in some way and they're Amazing down the stretch, but huge game uh, tomorrow. Don't fall behind by 14. That's They took the lead with two minutes left, and then uh, couldn't hold on. We have a top 10 men's volleyball matchup tonight. Number nine, BYU hosts number 10, Ball State, who's 5-0, took down number one, Hawaii, twice recently. Watch it on BYU TV and the app tonight, 9 Eastern time. 
18th ranked BYU gymnastics team hosting Boise State. That's tomorrow afternoon and you can watch it live on BYU TV and the app at 2 Eastern high noon local time. So we'll do three broadcasts in like 26 hours Yeah. in the same space. Which is, crazy. Pretty, which is pretty wild. Shout out to everyone at the Smith Fieldhouse. Oh, they're awesome. Ashley Hatch, a former women's soccer player here, makes the most recent roster for the USA national team, who will play six matches starting in two weeks. She's one of the best, if not the best ever. Michaela Coulan's pretty good. Yeah, she may be the best, though. Yeah. yeah. Yoli Childs, he was pretty good. Remember he knocked off Gonzaga a couple years ago? I do remember He that. was awesome that night. He had 31 last night and 12 rebounds in a Salt Lake City Stars loss. Yeah, against the South Bay Lakers, same two teams tonight. Good luck to Yo. 31. Nice. Yeah. Other BYU teams in action this weekend. Track and field spread out in New York and Washington and here uh, at Weber State. Swim and dive continues day two at Air Force and Women's Tennis plays Boise State tomorrow. Micah Simon is signed with the BC Lions of the Canadian Football League. Spent time in the early 2021 season with the Carolina Panthers in the training camp. Uh, one of our favorites. We wish him the best. Up north. And John Beck and Austin Colley had some time with the BC Lions. So there yeah. was a kind of a BYU connection there. And BYU Hockey hosts its home games, uh, final home games, as a sanctioned club, an extramural this weekend, both at 9 Eastern at Peaks Ice Arena in the Utah State Cup. Uh, and as we mentioned, an early rising shout out to BYU Hockey, who's going to be Cougar Hockey, won't be officially a club. They can still play, it's just they won't be able to have that moniker of uh, BYU after this weekend. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Eight days ago, BYU was 17-4 and four and feeling pretty good. Then a one-point loss to Santa Clara, three-point loss to Pacific, and then last night's 14-point loss to USF have sent this team spiraling downward. Mark Pope says the team is being tested in this current stretch. You know, we're just in a place where we just got to, you know, we got to go find some answers. Um, the game is really, really testing us right now. And, it, you know, it's, you know, it, it, that happens. Um, and right now we're getting tested and, and um, we're having to kind of continue to see if we can, you know, if we're going to fragment apart or pull together. And, and uh, I got a lot of faith in my guys that they'll, that they'll answer that test. Tested is the operative word here. So, Dave, what's your greatest concern with Cougar Hoops right now? You know, watching it last night and, and Pacific and Santa Clara and comparing it to what we've seen all season, I, I've been surprised at how fast they have lost their identity. Like, I'm not even sure what they do on offense outside of try to get Alex Barcelo open, and we saw some shots being taken. And Chris Burgess was here yesterday talking about, well, it's an offense where you shoot the open shot. But we saw some guys shoot shots, had no business shooting those shots when they shot those shots at key parts of the game, especially when BYU got down to eight after being back uh, behind by 21. Um, and it's just like, what? They call a timeout, and everyone looks a little lost. And uh, there's even a different look to Mark Pope. Um, and we'll ask Steve Cleveland about this in, in a couple of moments as to how you put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But I'm, was I'm just surprised Dumpty? he fell. <laughs> yeah. And there was so much collateral damage. Right? There's, yeah. there's a lot of, uh, you know, eggs sitting there that you're like, well, where'd this come from? It's just really weird how quickly this happened. Yeah. And uh, you're right. There, there's, there's a lack of juice. There's a lack of kind of mojo and confidence that we've seen in amazing ways this season. Even without Gavin Baxter and Richard Harwood, this team got to 17-4. and four. You know, got as high as, what, 12th in the AP yeah. poll early in the season after the Oregon um, loss. We're a long ways away from the Oregon, or the Oregon win. We're a long ways away from that. Um, 
it, it, it felt very weird last night because even after being down 21, BYU gets down to 8. Tijon Lucas, who's one of the best free throw shooters BYU has, AB and then Tijon, he, he grazes the iron twice. He had an air ball in the first half from the yeah. free throw line. Horrible game. Something's Horrible going games. on there. And, and something happened after the Santa Clara game. It's super obvious. Something happened after that game where this team lost something. I don't know what it is, but the best locker room in America has to be that to get over this. It doesn't feel like it is right now. And it feels like BYU took out its frustration and anger on San Francisco in the form of three technicals last night. Right. Yes, those were moments where BYU's fired up. It was bigger than the San Francisco game. BYU's got to rediscover what they had before. It's, it's on the court on offense and then some form of trusting each other uh, off the court as well. I thought the way the game started, Alex Barcella was, uh, hey, this is, this is how we're going to be. We're going to fight. Uh, that's kind of been their mantra the whole season is that this is a team of fighters. Mm-hmm. And so they've overachieved with 17 wins because they, they outfought teams. They outfought San Diego State. They blew out Oregon. But there were some games where they just, they just fought harder, fought harder on the glass. They, they didn't fight the last three games. Uh, and they showed some fight. I, I, I said last night, I, you know, the, the Cougars showed some toughness last night mixed in with some of the worst basketball we've seen all season. And that's kind of, instead of just the fight the whole time, it's we're going we're gonna to fight like they came out of the gate and what, up 12-4? Yep, uh, A-B scores the first eight. Yeah, yeah, and then San Francisco comes back. And I thought, as I saw this, I thought, well, they just withstood everything we had. Because then we went dormant, and they went on a huge run. Plus 29 at yeah. one point. And, and then it was over. Then the game was over. Even yes. though we made a run and got a take in the second half. It was still it, over. It, yes. it was over. I think BYU might have lost the game before it started. We just didn't know it at the time. Yeah. And what's funny is it wasn't like BYU got blown out or worked last week. It was a one-point loss and a three-point loss. But that unraveled something that we didn't know was easily unravelable. Um, that's not even a word. But, um, it is today. <laughs> it is today. <laughs> you just had uh, L.Y. It's an adverb. Uh, you talked about identity and the loss of that. Here's Mark Pope on how the team is struggling with that. For whatever reason right now, it's been super hard for us to kind of know us on the offensive end and consistently be us. Uh, it, you know, we're thinking maybe it's it's some, some mashup stuff. We're thinking maybe it's some anticipated growth stuff that's not not quite caught up. We're thinking about it's, it's clearly, you know, on me, a lot of his con- uh, communication issues. and um, But we got to figure that out because it's, it's just not ah, it's, it's just not us and it's not, it's not going to be good enough for us to be successful. It's, and it's, it's not. And, uh, you know, Gonzaga's sitting there tomorrow, Dave. Now, you could argue, hey, if you can find a way to beat Gonzaga, you, you, have, you have covered the sins of the last three games, certainly. Right. It just feels like that's a tall task given where this team's at the last three games. Yeah. I mean, the, the optimist would say, uh, and it's been proven almost every night in college basketball, that somebody rises up and surprises somebody. Uh, Pacific was a 303 in the net. And they rose up and beat BYU, and, and no one saw that coming. Um, you know, Gonzaga's not Pacific, but it's just the opposite. People aren't going to expect BYU to do this to, to Gonzaga, which they have done before. Um, with worse teams, with, which yeah, is with, interesting. With, like, with NIT teams. Yeah. This team is currently an NCAA tournament team. It may become an NIT team. We hope not. But uh, it's trending that direction, which is the bad yeah. news. So I, in those games, Dave, I felt like when BYU won, they at least matched up in some form or had some advantage. I don't know what the advantage is for BYU over uh, Gonzaga other than like a great crowd, right, which right. gives you a lot of juice. But ultimately, you've got to make shots and defend and rebound and make free throws. So uh, the front court certainly – like what, what happened to Foose? 
Last couple of games. Atiki's playing nice, yeah. which is great. Career I 10 He's last night. playing his best. Um, or did he have 12? But what happened to Foose? What happened to a low post catch? What happened? I don't know how BYU could possibly match up with Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy, given what we've seen the last couple games. You know, a couple of weeks ago when they were up there, they shot 42%, 44%. Maybe their best game of the year, shooting the basketball. Just gave up one time. Gonzaga shot 69 point <laughs> something percent, and, then, and that game was over yep. uh, early. Even though BYU was going inside, they were hitting outside shots, which they didn't do either last night except for Barcelo. Um, and I, I don't know. You know, a couple of times they went into Foos and uh, – Masalski, who dominated everything down there, uh, knocked the ball away, and then they didn't go down there anymore. Yeah. And so, and and with Atiki, he had a big game last night. But every time he scores, everyone's like, oh, pleasantly surprised. Yes. As opposed to feed the post, that's two points. Yes. And so that's the difference with Gonzaga and BYU. They they feed the post to their All American, Timmy, and they expect he's either going to get fouled or he's going to score. BYU feeds the post with these guys who are young and getting better, and it's like. Oh, are you gonna you gonna pass it back out? Or are you gonna it, shoot it? Yeah, yeah. And and I'm not so sure they know even at at that moment. Um, uh, I thought Atiki showed great signs last night that he's he's heading that way. Last We've four seen games. that out of Foos. Yeah. Um, Foos might have hit a freshman wall. Sometimes perhaps we see guys do that. But but they, Foos was a non-factor, and Atiki made himself a factor when he made three straight baskets. But then it was like, we'll just go back to him, and it's okay. We did three there. Let's try some other stuff. And then we had, uh, you know, an air ball from the corner. And uh, Spencer Johnson missed three shots that had to go in that, that, that weren't even close. And, and uh, you know, Z- Yoli, we mentioned him a moment ago, that feed the post. Feed Yoli. He's going to score or get fouled. Yep. That's the difference between our interior game today against Gonzaga going tomorrow and, and what our inside game was when we beat Gonzaga when they were number two here a couple years ago. It could be the best thing ever to have Gonzaga if BYU somehow miraculously pulls it off. It could also be the worst thing ever. Um, here's Mark Pope on the matchup with Gonzaga tomorrow night. You know, we got a we got a ton of season left. We have a lot of great performances under our belt. We just got to find a way to, like, overcome – uh, this this really really tough. It's been a really tough three three game stretch for us. Unfortunately, we have a you know a little bit of a lightweight team coming in here Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, let's talk about what's ahead for BYU. So after Saturday, let's help BYU wins. If they don't, not you know not the end of the world. You'll, we'll be back here Monday. We'll be back here Monday. <laughs> exactly. Uh, BYU's got LMU and Pepperdine, St. Mary's, LMU and Pepperdine. Okay, you you need to win four of those five. You probably need to win in Moraga to get into the NCAA tournament. Maybe not. Maybe you need that. Or beat them in Vegas, but you're going to have Vegas. to beat them. The yeah. fear now for BYU is that you are like the four seed and you're matching up with Gonzaga in the semis now, and now you don't have that semi to get you another win for the NCAA tournament, which brings us to the resume update. BYU drops four in net. Still top 40. That is a that is a bubblicious metric right there. Okay, Ken Palm, 36. Down eight spots. That's a big one. That was a big drop. Bracketology down two seats. Huge loss. And then team rankings down 18%. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> BYU is in a spot where they're trending out of the tourney. Listen, in right, right now, now, but trending out. Right now they're trending to a Saturday or a Friday in the WCC tournament. Oh, Friday would be World War III. Right. <laughs> that would be bad. But what are they, fifth yeah. place now in the league? Yes. And The uh, hope is they're top four. tomorrow if they, if, you know. 
that's where they're going. This is where they were, and this is where they're going in a, in a week and a half. Because the rest of the league, San Diego is all of a sudden uh, ahead of BYU. Yeah. And San Diego has to play some of the tough games. Yeah. The, uh, so does St. Mary's. Yes. St. Mary's is going to lose some games. But they're the clear number two right now. I would say San Francisco's the three. I'm talking best teams, not right. conference order, right? Okay, our question of the day. What's the greatest concern surrounding BYU basketball? Let's get to you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Cougar Stats, we always play the poor shooting and high turnovers. 173rd in two-point percentage, 112th in three-point percentage, 174th in turnover rate. Additionally, their two-point percentage has been even worse than their season numbers for the last two months. So I don't think the turnovers killed them last night. Uh, it was the 12 or 13 missed free throws and the missed layups. That was Those a, were like turnovers. Yes. The free throw line just killed BYU. I, I think, yeah, it's probably a close loss instead of a, what, what was it, 13 or 14-point loss. I just feel like BYU just didn't have it. And those technicals were a manifestation of kind of where this team's at. They, t- they took it out on the Dons. Yeah. And, and I, listen, I shoved that guy back if I'm Caleb Loner too because that was garbage. But, like, that was bigger than that moment. It was a real frustration. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night with Gonzaga. It, it could be, like, the perfect thing ever or it could be – could be terrible. <laughs> like, that's why we watch. That's why it's, we it's watch. That's why fans exactly. are going and the crowd will be huge and because you just don't know. Yep. And, uh, you know, when Mike Tyson fought Buster Douglas in February of 1990, nobody knew that Buster Douglas was going to knock him out. Uh, and it happened. So we need a Buster Douglas moment tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. Mama going to knock you out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> Coming up, which BYU basketball loss will have a greater impact on Selection Sunday, the men or the women who also got beat last night? And Steve Cleveland has some answers, we think. He's been through this before. What happens with BYU hoops next? He doesn't have the answers. He's going to say a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yes, yes, he will. (laughs) This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, the ninth-ranked men's volleyball team hosting number 10, Ball State. Will David Gardini return after an ankle sprain last week? You can see the match and find out 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Jerem, Steve on the call. Should be a fun night at Fieldhouse. It will be a very fun night. Let's go. Okay, we're live in Studio B, day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Jerem Jordan, Dave McCann, and happy 70th birthday to this man, Steve Cleveland. Happy birthday, man. That's our gift. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, well, (laughs) there you go. It it was going to eventually happen, and it did. Lunch is on Dave. 70 years. What was the best year? (laughs) The best year? Oh, man, I've had had too many best years. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just happy to be alive and have pretty good health and be with my family. It's awesome coming up here and visiting my kids and being with you guys. So I got the second row last night. Second row, that's the best I could get. You're off to a good year. (laughs) It's off for good. Maybe that's my best day. (laughs) One day you'll get to the first row. Yeah, exactly. Uh, BYU plays UC Irvine occasionally. I always think, I know an Irvine anteater. Yes, One Steve Cleveland. There's not many of them around. Long hair, man. That's (laughs) awesome. Okay, so um, the the best thing is that it's your birthday. The worst thing is that we saw you yesterday. We're like, hey, Cleve, come in and chat about what happened. Um, 
So, but we think you have some answers because you've been through the ringer in similar situations, Steve, of teams that succeed at the highest level and then other teams you've got to help out in some way. So what are you seeing from this team the last three games that's been different? I think something that a lot of people haven't talked about is that when you get to the second half of conference play, people make adjustments. And where Foose was getting deep post touches maybe early on in conference play, all of a sudden he's getting pushed off the block. They're top-siding him. They're making him shoot over them and through them. Everything's contested. That, that alone is a significant thing because he's been really, really important to this team in terms of being able to score inside, and it's been really difficult for him. I think the second thing is that Barcello is so difficult to guard, and, but now what's happening is that they're switching everything, hard hedging, sometimes trapping him where he's got to take the ball back and attack. Now, he can score 25 points against anybody. The key thing, when they take all of that away, he doesn't get into the seams and it, where people have to help and guys have wide-open threes. And there's been very, very little of that the last three games because of the schemes of what coaches are doing and preparing for BYU. So it's a diff- they're getting a different look besides the fact that they shot 50% of their free throws and yeah. had a hard time shooting the three ball. I mean, those things all contribute to it, but you got to give a lot of – you have to pay attention to what teams are doing to you and make those adjustments. Now, you inherited a team that had gone 1-25 in 25 before, uh, before you got here. You went to three big dances. You won the Coach of the Year in the Mountain West, uh, the 2001 Conference Tournament. I think – is that the only conference tournament? We're still waiting to <laughs> equal that. <laughs> you got yep. that going yep. for you. Uh, but I know there were times when you and Dave and your staff looked at each other and thought, what are we going to do with this team? Because it wasn't always rosy and you had some difficult seasons. Yeah. There were different times in those seasons. What, what did you do to, to figure it out? You know, I, I think what's really important is your relationships with guys. And I think the, the best teams that I ever coached were kind of player-led. And they have a great leader in Barcello there that, that is the leader of this team. The culture's there. Those things are there. I think you have to get one-on-one with these young people. you got to let them know, watch film, work. I used to, when guys had shooting slumps and things, I'd actually go in the gym and work out with them. I think the relationship between Coach Pope, they've got an amazing staff. But when things are down, you got to reflect on the positive. You, you, as a coach, you, yeah, you have to say, hey, these are the things we got to get better at. But they got to keep believing. And, and this team is, for me, watching them over the last two and a half years, this is a group, a coaching staff, and then players that have, trust each other. They, 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 really, there's great continuity in everything that they do. They're doing all the right things. They're going through a difficult time right now. I, I think you need to be positive, but also in, in a situation where guys got to believe in themselves. And obviously these last two or three nights, big possessions late in the game. All right, let me ask you this. How lonely of a feeling is it as a coach in a frustrating phase and moment to turn around and look at your bench and there aren't any answers there? Well, I've had a lot of teams like that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not just talking yeah, Fresno yeah, State. Some no, of them have been here. I'm, I'm just telling you, man, my whole life I rebuilt programs. So if we started from right. scratch, whether it was high school, junior college, and it is difficult. It is difficult. And you got to have – the one thing is they – you got to believe in these. they got to know you believe in them. And no matter whether they miss short shots or they turn it over, you just got – they have to stay positive here because Saturday is going to be difficult. There's no question. But going forward, they have five more games. Yep. The most difficult is St. Mary's. Right. They go to St. Mary's and win and take care of business. They're still a bubble team. They're, they're have an opportunity to go to the NC2As. They can't let last night's loss impact the next six games. They're going to have to play really well to beat Gonzaga. If it happens, great. But there's still a lot of season left. 
and they go beat St. Mary's at St. Mary's and sweep the table, I, I believe they have a great chance to get in the tournament. They had a players-only meeting. How many players-only meetings can you have, I guess? And then when sort of there, there is unrest in the locker room how do you, and it unravels, how do, you, how do you ravel that back? Like, is it, you know, the players have to, uh, great leadership. It feels like there's great leadership on this yeah. team, but it, it's certainly being challenged right now. And they talk about the best locker room in America. That's got to come together, and very quickly. And these things are really hard to be the best locker room in America when you've lost three games. It really tests you mentally, physically, and emotionally. And so I think as a coaching staff, you look for the positive and the negative, work through it. But it's hard. I mean, it's really, really hard. And, and I think they have to see the big picture. They can't give up on their goals, getting to the postseason, getting to the tournament. The, the window is still there. And if they get stuck on last night or what's happened or stuck on maybe a potential loss tonight, then it'll go south pretty quick. I just don't see that happening with his coaching staff. I mean, I have so much respect for Mark and his group, and I think it's a player-led team. I mean, maybe right now there is a little dissension, but they, they lack confidence. You can see that. They missed right. a lot of chippies. When you miss half your free throws at home, Man, that's hard. That's hard to digest, yep. and it, it, it gets down. So you got to keep pumping them up and being positive with them. There's no other approach than that. There was some positive last night in uh, Tiki's play, uh, career highs, and he was a dominant force blocking shots, uh, double figures for the first time uh, for a guy who's, who's still figuring it out. But as you look at a Tiki and go, that's the center for the next three years along with, with Foose, um, how do you feel about that? I don't think it's enough. I think if you have Harward and Baxter playing right now, a lot of that stuff at the rim gets taken care of. Mm -hmm. We haven't said a whole lot about those two guys not being here, but at the end of the day, that's a different game. It's a different team. Those two freshmen are amazing. I love their energy. They're excited to play every night, and they're going to get better. Hey, when they're juniors, they're going to be in the Big 12. Right. Okay? Right. Yep. And you need about six of those guys to compete in the Big 12. It's like one of the coaches said. He said, the Big 12, I'll tell you what the Big 12 is like. That's like playing Gonzaga every week. Every week. You know? And, and, yeah. and, and that's kind of what it's like. <laughs> yeah. And so they've got to have size and athleticism. I love both those guys. I just love their energy and their passion. They're just sweet young men. I mean, they just love the game. And so, yeah, Tiki did play well. And he's bouncy. And I'm not giving up on Foose, but right. everybody goes through it as a freshman. And it's he's gonna, going through it. He's going through mm -hmm. it. And it's not easy. And it's easy to lose their confidence. And that's why coaches and senior leadership has to step in and say, hey, you're okay, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. Even if BYU's playing well, it's probably unrealistic to expect a win versus Gonzaga. You certainly hope for one. So what do you want to see from this group, given what's going on right now, tomorrow night against the Zags? I, I think the, the key thing is is being strong with the ball, that playing together, you miss shots, you miss shots, don't get down. You play as hard as you can possibly play in front of those 20,000 fans that will be there tonight. And that's what people appreciate. You, you, you know, the likelihood, BYU has a history of beating this team. This is a really special team. You're coming off three losses. I know it's probably not probable. But they've got to play like it is probable, have that confidence, and, and just not give up. I think you see that in some teams and programs. I just don't see this team giving up. I, I just don't see it among the coaches. I don't see it among the players. Uh, they have a lot of good leadership. They're going to have to overcome some adversity. Really, to be honest with you, in two and a half, three years, this is the first real adversity this coaching staff has ever had to deal with. Amen. This is the they, most kind of negative yeah, I've felt in three it, years. Yeah. They're not yeah. experienced that. Now, Coach Pope and his staff, they've been around at, at, at every level. They'll deal with this. 
That's part of what it is. But don't get stuck here and then have it impact the next four or five games. And I just think the staff and Alex and others, Lucas, they've got enough leadership here that they can get through it. I think the challenge with the Zags, too, is BYU's the only team that actually gets their interest up. And they're on ESPN Saturday <laughs> night. It's true. I think they're depressed that BYU's going to the Big 12 because look at the schedule. It's like, well, we beat everybody else all the time by so many points. So they come in, too, with their focus. They shot 69% against BYU last month. Well, and think about BYU putting up 80-some yeah. at yeah. Gonzaga. Okay, they put up something 80-some, we're going to have a really good game. You know, and they got to be loose. They, gotta, they can't be tight and tense. And I, I think hopefully there's some quick hitters. There's some adjustments offensively that they can do some things. Uh, they've got to get into seams where guys need to help. If nobody's ever helping defensively, then you're always taking a contested shot. And it's hard to shoot 50% when they're all contested. And what's the matchup where you can get uh, in an advantage where you require the help? That's the question. It, I, I felt like in the past, yep, Eric Mika can match up right. with Karnowski or whatever, right? right? This one, it's tough. You hope the, the veteran leadership of Lucas and Barcelo can create something there. Because certainly in the front court, they got it on everybody. Yeah. Literally everybody. Holmgren and Timmy. Though, That's though, tough. That is tough. But your seniors need to play well. I mean, Barcelo, Lucas, they, they, need, they need to step up, play yeah. well. And, and Gideon looked nervous last night. Maybe the starting job yeah, was yeah, a little it, much w- for Whatever him. it might be. And I know yeah. Loner has been a little bit of a struggle. But guys got to keep believing. They got to keep talking positively. There's nothing that comes – there's no good about t- talking negatively here. I mean, you just have to look forward and say, hey, we have the potential. If anything, I'd watch highlights from the Gonzaga game. Before this game, I would probably have 20 clips – of guys making baskets against Gonzaga, even in a loss, so they see and can feel and believe that they can do it again. Your former assistant, Dave Rose, in a tough spell. Uh, what can you tell us? What you know what? I, uh, I talked to his brother. I, I had talked to Cheryl earlier in the week because Kip and I were going to go and see him. Yeah. And uh, he had kind of an infection that developed. He ended up going back up to the University of Utah. And uh, I, we're hopeful that he's going to come home Saturday. And uh, I, I just just – God bless him and his, his family, and uh, this has been a difficult thing, yeah, sure. <laughs> a yeah. really, really difficult thing. So our prayers are with him. He, he is a fighter. I mean, what are all the things he's overcome? Absolutely. And uh, we love Dave. We love Cheryl and her family, and uh, God bless them. They're in our prayers. And, but, man, it, it's, it's a struggle. There's no question. But he's a battler, and we hope he, he, he wins another battle here. Absolutely. It's Believe. good to have you with us. Happy birthday, man. Thanks, man. I know you moved to California to play more golf. Uh, what are you doing for your birthday? Uh, I, not a whole lot. I'm with my grandkids. We went to see the Jazz play. That was fun. All right. I say, though, it looked like a G League game with all the guys out. Only! We need you. Let's all go. All the protocol. And, uh, in fact, I talked to Danny Ainge, and Danny said that he had been a G League game before. I said, yeah, that looked like a G League. He said, oh, I went the night before. Yoli was the biggest guy on the floor. And then the next night we got the same thing. So the, the NBA, I love the NBA, and but it, right now it is really strange. Yeah. It's Indeed very it strange. Happy okay. Thanks, 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 man. Thank you. Appreciate Good to be with that. you. Coming up, why it's not about chasing stars for BYU football. And Jimmer Fredette's living rent-free in Clay Thompson's dome? What's that about? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. 18th ranked BYU hosting Boise State tomorrow. 2 o'clock Eastern time. High noon starts. You can watch the meet live here on BYU TV and the app. 
He is Dave. I am Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. You can interact with the show. Follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Cook Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Which BYU hoops lost last night will have a bigger impact on Selection Sunday? They both lost. Yes, I think there's much more margin for error for the women. Just the second loss. They're they're going to make the tournament. Right. It's just one thing. Men's hoops, it feels like, oh, geez. Without that one, you've probably got to win in Moraga and or a semifinal in Vegas. Yeah. Big games tomorrow against Gonzaga. Even bigger for the women because they yes. have a shot to win that and, and be in first place. Yes. If the men pull off the uh, upset against Gonzaga, this is probably the even when Gonzaga was number one, this would be the biggest upset from BYU over Gonzaga. You're not shaving your head Monday. No, 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 no. We're past no, that. I did that already. <laughs> it, it took 10 weeks. It, worked. it was way too long. I'm just it saying. It did work. It was the first of the three. <laughs> I want to take ownership over that. You should. Uh, yeah. Yola Childs dropped uh, 31 points in the G League last night for the Salt Lake City Stars. Do you think he'll get a 10 day contract at some point? I don't know. I wish he would because no one's making shots in the NBA. And you turn the TV on, like Steve just said, any given night, you can't recognize seven guys out there. You can't tell me they're all better than Yoli Childs. Sign him up. I'd love to see it. It'd be awesome. Um, you know, Eric Mika got a 10-day. Elijah Bryant had a cup of coffee with the Bucks, won a title. So yeah, it'd be fun ring. to have another guy in there. You know? Cup of hot chocolate, I think he had. Yeah, post him, maybe. Bucks. Post him. Top 10 matchup volleyball tonight on BYU TV. What do you expect? You'll be on the mic? Yeah, I expect a great game. Ball State's really good. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they come in here and knock off BYU at least once. Um, but And the young Cougs, the baby Cougs, you got Davide Gardini, a couple other seniors, but you got a sophomore setter dealing with an injury. Hopefully, Zio Myers in there. And you got Mix Ramanis, a freshman who has had 45 kills in two matches last week. He, he Kind of his breakout performance. I think we're going to have some really competitive matches, and I think BYU being at home is always special. I love that um, it's set up where fans who are camping out for the Gonzaga seats can go over to the Fieldhouse and thaw and not lose their place. That's important. In line. They can go yeah. watch the volleyball game tonight. It'll be rocking because it always is in the field house. And then they can go back to the yeah. deep freeze. I've had mild hypothermia before. Not fun. <laughs> not fun. The story for another day <laughs> is Ashley Hatch the best women's soccer player in BYU history. Well, there have been some good ones. I, I think she's doing what she's doing right now, um, unprecedented with with a BYU player moving forward. Yeah. And it'll be fun to watch her in the World Cup, you know, and yeah. and, and all that stuff. So, you know, she's she's moving that way. Uh, you, Jimmer was, was, is still considered one of the greatest players ever who doesn't hold the scoring record. But he just did it with pizzazz and style, and then he just kept doing it. Um, and, and, and so then his legend grew. Um, and as, as Ashley continues to do all this stuff, she was a great player here, but she does all this. Like Danny Ainge, what he did with the Celtics, he was a great player here. Look what he did. He was spectacular. You know, his legend grows back here Add at Add to the resume. I think it can happen for her, too, even though Coulihan, they've had some great players. Yep. But, uh, She's going to represent Team USA, if, that's cool. If Coulihan can get to the level where Hatch is in the NWSL or another league, I, th I think that it's a fun it, – well, it is a fun conversation because Hatch was on the championship-winning team and scored the most goals in the league and is with the U.S. Yeah. So her professional resume is incredible. Coulihan, to me, is the best player BYU's ever had in college. Shauna Robach scored 95 goals. That's still like top 10 in NCAA history or something. But Coulihan is the best player BYU's had in college, better than Hatch. 
So it's a pro versus college career thing, but Coulihan's going to play in the NWSL for the Orlando Pride, so that'll be fun. Steve Young kind of that way. He was a good college yep. quarterback. He Not, was a great right? NFL quarterback. Not the best BYU quarterback, but certainly the best BYU pro ever. Yeah. After scoring 23 points and hitting his first seven shots last night, speaking of Jimmer, Clay Thompson says he plays well against the Kings because he remembers who Sacramento chose at number 10 of the 2011 draft. And that would be Jimmer, who was taken one spot ahead of Thompson. Does Jimmer still own space in not just Kawhi's head, but Clay Thompson's <laughs> as well? Does Clay Thompson yeah. not have anything else going yeah. on? He's got to focus on Jimmer? Clay's response was, not me. And we know that it was Jimmer. So I don't know that Clay is necessarily like, it's Jimmer for dead. But um, <laughs> listen, Clay, you didn't want to be on the Kings? Yeah. You won titles on the Warriors. Like, you won in this equation. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, find something else to, to motivate. <laughs> Absolutely. Coming up, where are double down results? Are uh, were they better last yeah. night? I got some beef with one of the uh, one of the questions there or responses. Okay, yeah, we'll chat about. It. And will BYU football's recruiting philosophy change in the Big Twelve? A comment from Preston Hadley that's up for discussion. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Here we go, BYU hosting number two, Gonzaga, tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. Coverage begins at 9 Eastern with Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio with our friend Jason Shepard. Greg Rubel and Mark Durant will have the play-by-play on BYU Radio and the app. It's also on the mothership ESPN for all the world to see. Big game for all the world to see. Hopefully it's a good thing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Okay, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Jerem Jordan alongside Dave McCann. So uh, on signing day, Preston Hadley, uh, defensive ends uh, coach for BYU football, was asked about recruiting and stars and whatnot and, and you know ratings of classes. Here's what he had to say. You know, we're going to continue to be, uh, try and be the best at evaluating that we can, but we're going to just continue to elevate and, and just focus on our own evaluation. We're not going to go chasing stars, you know, so... I know everyone gets all worked up about recruiting class and everything, but you know those those don't always correlate, and at least not with us. I can't speak for other programs. Okay, so let's break that down because I think the average fan would be like, "Well, yes, the signing class ranking matters. The yes, we would like more four stars than none." So um, what he's saying is certainly, uh, I, I believe, as well relative to BYU, which is, "Hey, this is a unique place. It's got to be a great fit, obviously, with the honor code and whatnot." But the no chasing stars part, what do you make of that? The stars thing is strange when there's so many stars. You know, look up in the sky. There's stars everywhere. Um, the rating systems are, are strange. Uh, Jacob Conover was a five-star, announced he was going on a mission, suddenly dropped to a four-star. Uh, did that make him any less of a player? Why isn't he still a five-star? Well, he's not going on the market for two years or whatever. He said no to Alabama, so we're going to lower him a star. Um, so it's hard to know what the stars mean outside of, outside of they give you hype. Kingsley, five-star. All right. How, how, the drum has been sounded since he decided he was transferring from Oregon because, well, he's a five-star. Um, so you get a lot of hype that way. And I think Preston's response uh, is the general response of, hey, uh, where are all the stars? Not where are the star players. It's where are the stars off to the side. And why don't we have five stars? And, and, and a lot of those aren't going to come here. And I, I think his point was, at BYU, it's about getting the best you can, but you got to develop. And, and, and Tyler Algier and 
and Tyler Will and and uh, and Wilgar, and you just go down the line. Zach Wilson uh, goes from Dax three Milne. star to second pick. Yeah, Dax Milne, walk on, yep. developed yep. when the throws. Wilgar, walk on, developed. Algier, walk on, developed. I think that's kind of what he was saying. Is look, BYU's in the development business. You got to go get the best. Latter-day Saint athletes out there, period. And Kalani made that perfectly clear. That mm -hmm. was the number one priority. And then you got to get the best that will fit your program after that. And uh, if they have a four and a five star next to them, nice. And if they don't, you got to develop what you have to win. And BYU has a history of doing that. I, th I thought that kind of was the context of him saying, yeah, we, we're not going to chase all five stars. We can't get all five stars. But look what we can get and look what we can do with them. Yeah, absolutely. I think whenever you run like a business, let's just say BYU football is a business. What are our what's our unique value? What are our competitive advantage here? That BYU's attached to the church. That's the number one advantage BYU has. So if you're a kid who is a Latter Day Saint, the possibility of coming to BYU—it's not for everybody who's a Latter Day Saint or a member of the church, but it is for a lot. And if you can start getting more of the Gabe Reed, Houston Haymuli, Tanner McKee types that went elsewhere, they don't, again, I don't expect them all to come here. But I think more would when BYU is in the Big 12. That's number one. And whether they have four stars there or not may not matter. BYU has thrived with more three stars than they have four or five yeah. stars, I would argue. But I would also say this about the stars, and I agree with Preston. Almost any time there's a four-star who actually enrolls and is here, most of the time that's a starter. So I would love to see more of those guys who are fits and have the stars. I think that's the perfect combination. Having uh, you know, a high star rating does not mean you're going to be great or even an NFL player, but most of the time here it does mean you're a starter and an impact player in some capacity. So I would like to see a little more of those. I think, too, as Kalani mentioned the other day um – a lot of the guys that BYU sign, no matter how good they are, are going on missions. So they're not starters, per se, because of their stars. They're going to be a starter in three years. Yeah. You know, if uh, if like Hagan goes on his mission, he'll be a starter when he comes home. Yeah. But not this fall. And it depends when he leaves. Yeah. Like literally, uh, Kalani mentioned in that press conference on Wednesday after he joined us was, "Hey, this the the data shows that it, uh, you know that first year back." They need to probably gray shirt or right. red shirt. Absolutely, to, they get injured. Do we see Chase Roberts this season? We hear great stories right? about him. No, we did not. We I, will see him all next season. Yes, in November there was a lot of conversation. Blaine coming on the show saying, "Hey, Chase Roberts looks really good." Yep. He did. He redshirted, so he's a redshirt freshman who's going to be one of the main guys at receiver, uh, an All-American with a full year of practice back before yep. he takes the field, getting healthy and hamstrings and what like. We just see it all the time. So uh, let me ask you this. When BYU is in the Big 12, does this philosophy, uh, philosophy have to change at all to try and compete for championships? I think if BYU doesn't, they could probably pull off some 8-4s, 9-3s in the regular season. But we're talking about competing in that conference. Well, I think when you're talking about chasing stars, you're going, I don't know if we can get this guy or not. Let's spend all our time there trying to get him because mm. he's going to choose between us and Texas and USC. Uh, or do we go get the stars that we know we can get? Because there are four or five star LES kids. You got to get those, um, or at least you got to sell what you got to try to try and get them. Yeah. And so that's a no brainer. But uh, if if Texas and Oklahoma are in on this running back who's a five star, do we go spend all our time getting in that mix as well, or do we go let's go to the stars where we have a shot? And I think there'll be more shots because of being in the Big Twelve of four- and five-star LDS kids 
Uh, and those who want to come to BYU and be in an honor code place and, and, and be in a, in a place where, uh, I mean, our two centers of the basketball team are devout Muslims. Love it here. Come From to like BYU where they can feel at home, yeah. develop, have a great experience, and, and BYU can sell that better than anybody. Um, and, you know, the, the six foot six, five-star Latter-day Saint quarterback, you go after him absolutely with everything you got because you already have a built-in niche. That doesn't mean that they want that, but you have a built-in niche. So, yeah, that's when you go. But I don't know if that's chasing stars. That's, that's no. targeting stars. Yeah, I see what you mean by that. I, listen, I, would I like BYU to be in the 30s or 40s in recruiting? Yes. But it doesn't mean they can't compete for a Big 12 title. I do think BYU needs to climb into the 40s to feel – like they have the talent to we're, we're talking when you're competing for a big 12 title, you're going to have to win your division. That means zero or one losses most years. Okay. That's right. in league. That's a special year. Initially, my goal for BYU was to have a winning record five and four and yeah. be like, all right, that's good. Go three and one in non-con. You're eight and four. Go to the Alamo bowl. Have a great time. Let's go. You know, uh, Utah last out one to Texas a couple years ago. You know, yeah. that, that, that's like a bowl game of renown. Um, so we'll see what BYU does. Can BYU get more of those members of the church? That's the question. If they do, now they're doing better. Yeah. You get, and all it takes, honestly, is like three more of those guys a year. Yeah. That, and that would make a difference. And you know what does it all? Put them in the NFL. Stars want to go where they can go to the NFL. And BYU is in, in the process of putting kids in the NFL now. Every Getting season. better. Getting better. And then some exactly. of them make $35 million bucks. <laughs> Coming up, why it's Blaine and Jason's fault for the recent slump for BYU. I have no, Blaine's in Mexico. I have no problem throwing that on <laughs> extreme him. Over, extreme ownership on display today. <laughs> and a rising shout-out to BYU Hockey. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app. Download the podcast. You can Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And then don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our show. Okay, double down picks from last night look like this. Dave, how'd you do, man? Didn't work out. Remember, I, I it was Foose against Masowski, and I thought Foose yeah, would yeah. have more points and rebounds yeah. for them to win. And Foose had one point, and Masowski had 16 points and um, 13 rebounds. So he he won that. Just missed that. Lost on that yep, one. Yep. And I had that. I, I felt Loner would have to do something. He would have to get 14 points or more. Uh, this isn't the concept of how they could win the game. And he shot one for seven, two points. So nothing for me on that one. And he and the guys will have to take their shots tomorrow night. Yes. Uh, I went two for two. It was a good night. Uh, Alex Barcelo or Caleb Loner scored the first points. Why do you score that with a quick low pace two for two? <laughs> Because I'm used to it, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Barcelo came out hot, hit the first three, got a point. Alex Barcelo shoots 50% plus from three. Ding. Three of five from three, so I get three points. Uh, it's been a minute since I did that. I'm, I'm quite Congratulations. Pleased. I'd like to thank my family <laughs> and the account. As you should. Thank your daughter. <laughs> and Spencer. Okay, Spencer. Um, now you have a beef with yeah, No, I have a beef. Spencer didn't send any picks. These are producer picks, okay? So he shouldn't. He shouldn't get any, but he got one. Okay, Tijon and Seneca combined for 20. That didn't happen. But but Ben Bagley, the, the all-wise producer, said, someone from BYU get a tech. Weren't there three on BYU? <laughs> like, this is the most technical foul-heavy. That was a bottom he of the He gets a point! He got Come a point. on! Look, if this was a, look at the standings. If this yeah. was a Vegas fight, it would be stopped. Two techs, only two on BYU. I'm still up 15, Yeah. but I should be up 16. Anyway, okay, uh, what do you have for tomorrow? Uh, the Zags won't score 100. 
That's where we're at. <laughs> they scored over 100 in Spokane. 110. So they're not going to shoot 69% from the yeah. field. And uh, I'm, I'm going to roll the dice on Tijon. You want Vegas back. guy. Uh, double digits for Tijon. He's going to make all his free throws. Oh, I like that. It just wasn't him last night when they when they really oh. needed him. I think he bounces back tomorrow night. That was weird. Like, air ball and graze the front end of two one-on-ones. It's like, and you're one of the best here. Yeah. yeah. Tough. When it was down to eight, mm. uh, BYU will out-rebound the Zags. Okay. And then two, Gonzaga's top three scores will count for fewer than 60. They had 72 in Spokane. Top three, less than 60. Yeah. Okay, still so not very saying, aggressive. Timmy's not going to get another 30. No 30s, yeah. Okay. They shot lights out and, it was and crazy. Uh, all that stuff. We had never seen it before. Spencer's picks. BYU will trail by 10 plus. These are producer picks, I believe, right? Uh, BYU will trail by 10 plus at half. Okay. It's not a homer pick, but all right. And Alex Barcelo outscored Chet Holmgren. Okay. Chet had 23 career high last night at USD and 12 rebounds. They beat them by 30. He's not like a high 20s guy because Drew Timmy's there. Yeah. He would be next year, but he's going to be gone. He's right. going to be playing for Charlotte. Somebody, we hope. With LaMelo Ball. Be great. Our question of the day, what's the greatest concern surrounding BYU basketball? Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Jonathan Huck. So Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan haven't been on the set together at BYU Sports Nation for almost two weeks. The men's basketball team losing streak has taken place during this time. Coincidence? I think not. Time to get the dynamic duo back together ASAP on BYU. I agree, because for the second straight day, I've had a 7.30 a.m. conference call. <laughs> I think Spencer should get back here pretty fast. Yes. It's uh, not the greatest. I don't even know where he is. Yeah. You know? we, we don't know either. I, th- <laughs> I think he's on vacation somewhere, probably on a beach in Mexico or something, uh, enjoying his well-deserved But Monday rest. the band will be back together. It'll be awesome. Yeah. No. You know what? I Whatever it takes to win, minus shaving a head and voodoo. Okay? Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's shout out BYU Hockey, hence the uh, sweater wearing today. Playing the final games tonight at 7, tomorrow night at 7 at uh, Peaks Ice Arena as the BYU hockey team. It's been a great run. Great run. Good luck to everybody. Have fun on the ice. Atiki Ali Atiki, another shout-out. Played his best basketball game of his collegiate career last night against some big guys from San Francisco. Got to keep it going. Big days are ahead. The Big 12 is ahead. And I wish Atiki and the guys the best of luck tomorrow night. Amen. Thanks to today's guest, Steve Cleveland. Great to have the coach here. Dennis, sorry. It was a tough week. We were busy. Conversation <laughs> continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. For Dave, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Nate Austin. See you tonight for men's volleyball. Go Cougs.